anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me on a Wednesday afternoon is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's up, man? No, nothing too much. Just getting ready to go back to work. Back to work. Yeah, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. I didn't do anything particularly fun we cleaned out the big garage and that was it but we found a we found a lot of cool shit in there my uh my wife's granddad had a massive like old school washing machine like before there was electricity kind of washing or like at the early days of electricity washing machine like the uh it's got a makeshift plug-in that's been attached to it so that you can like actually run it because it doesn't it didn't run on the same type of power that we have these like it's it's interesting um it would probably make for a really cool keepsake but yeah i mean that was that was it that was the highlight of our weekend was cleaning out a garage did you have a garage sale no we'll probably do that some other time most of what we found in there was a lot of just junk and then um there are like a lot of old tools and and a lot of newer tools like stuff that i can use for doing vehicle work and stuff like that so we won't we won't be getting rid of any of that stuff probably i was you know garage sales i used to have them a lot as a kid well like we had a couple i guess when i was a kid but there was always a lot like going on that doesn't seem to happen as much anymore i guess maybe because people have like facebook marketplace and things like that to sell stuff yeah i we, it also seems like a real hillbilly thing to do. You put all your stuff on your front lawn. People come by. We've done like money. community, like community or neighborhood yard sales or garage sale type stuff where everybody will kind of get stuff together and, and have a big have a big to do of it. But yeah, I, I've had more luck with like Facebook Marketplace. If you can if you can get past the the spam bots that are trying to uh, trying to scam you into sending them money through Cash App or something. Yeah. Yeah. I Craigslist, I think, is the biggest. It, it's just all scams now. I don't think there are any legitimate offers when I was trying to sell stuff. I put like a few things on Craigslist at first. And it was just, yeah, everyone wanted to do some cashier's check fucking scam on me. It's just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I had pretty good luck on Facebook Marketplace. Um, I think when I was a kid, we had a garage sale and I I remember I, I'm still fucking upset about this. I sold like my Nintendo and all the games and everything for like 25 bucks or something. <laughs> Seemed like a lot of money at the time, but yeah, I had like all the shit, you know, I had the pad, the Olympic pad, the running thing. I think that goes for like 500 bucks now. 
but yeah anyway i don't know what i did this past weekend the whole thing is a blur uh, oh actually it was just i was just kind of sitting around I, I didn't do much actually my uh everybody left town i was here by myself just feeding the cat watering some plants and uh planning a little uh europe trip actually for next month so where are you going in europe yeah flying into switzerland geneva and then going down through italy for a bit and then over going to shoot over to the greek islands and be about a month long trip should be fun looking forward to it um yeah sort of a last minute thing just sort of happened got the opportunity and i said fuck it why not sounds very cool yeah so yeah trying to plan that last minute which is also kind of uh kind of stressful but you know good times what's uh What's been going on the last few days? I, I know neither of us have really had much time to dig into that Durham report that came out. Yeah, we might follow up on that on Friday because there's. it seems like it's a lot of the stuff that we already kind of knew at the same time. I would prefer to do due diligence on that before digging into it. There have been yeah. some have been some kind of fun and funny things going on with uh, the Miller Lite commercial. It has become the newest uh, beer controversy. That's gotten kicked up. We had, and then we had Elon Musk referring to George Soros as Magneto, and and all of the uh, backlash that came from that. Speaking of Magneto, or at least um, crazed tyrannical figures, the Elon has also appointed a new CEO for Twitter, and she appears to be a World Economic Forum. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little surprising hire. I know at almost nothing about that chick other than what's been printed you know since the news broke i kind of had to remind myself that yeah elon musk i mean he's he certainly appears to be a big free speech advocate but he's also like this globalist kind of figure and i was like yeah i mean maybe this does make sense that he hired this fucking chick but i i uh, i was a little surprised that that's that's the kind of person he went with one of these these people that's just just having any connection to the World Economic Forum kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. So initially, when I saw some of that stuff coming out, I was like, OK, like everybody in a major political uh, sphere of some sort has had some connection to the WEF at some point. Like, you remember, there was um, Maloney, the new Italian I'm pretty sure it was Italy, the new Italian prime minister that is supposed to be like uh, the next the second coming of Mussolini or whatever. Like there were also people who were talking about her saying that she had WEF connections. And then when you go look at it, what you end up finding out is that her WEF connections is that she was like attended a conference or something like she doesn't she hasn't actually been in any type of a an authority position with the WEF like. She's attended some things because she has been a political figure for a long time, and they obviously host a lot of this kind of shit. So I thought maybe initially I was like, well, maybe it's something like that. But no, she's like actually been a chair of some panels and like actually done work for the WEF. And she's a pretty big vaccine proponent and fan of censorship and all kinds of other stuff. And it was interesting amongst her her list of accounts that she follows like the thing things that she actually follows you had libs of tiktok tucker carlson like some other what are widely considered to be like right wing type of type of things and she has also like actually engaged with those uh 
with those accounts like in a positive manner so and elon did say after the appointment was announced he's like just trust us on this he's like it's not what you think it is it's like so i I don't know i'm i'm not ready to go all the way off the like kick this bitch to the curb path but at the same time i'm not super optimistic yeah, I'd say cautiously, cautiously optimistic, maybe. It, it would seem weird that Elon would go through all of this, um, just taking all the flack for acquiring Twitter and then changing all, all these things and and making it a, a bigger like free speech platform, bringing all these people back that got kicked off, all to just bring in some shill for the World Economic Forum that's going to reverse everything that he's been trying to do. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Maybe, yeah, I guess we just got to kind of play the wait and see game. But yeah, it was a surprising, a surprising move. I I don't quite understand it. You'd think that there'd be better candidates. Uh, Especially when you've got, like there was an announcement that came out within the last week or so about Twitter losing something like $40 million in ad revenue because a couple big a couple big advertisers removed or like removed all of their stuff from Twitter because their stuff was getting dinged with the uh, the community check the community check stuff. I was like that's that's amazing. And I I wonder who it was because it was the the this report came from like a more left-wing or left-leaning uh you know, news source and they didn't cite who who the the advertisers were that pulled that pulled their money uh, from Twitter. Like, I really want to know who it was because like, I would be willing to bet it was either some pharmaceuticals or, you know, some big like uh, climate activist type groups or something like that would be, would be my guess if I, if I was putting money on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that definitely uh, some pharmaceutical companies would, that would make a lot of sense. And I, I guess one of this chicks, uh, I forget her name. I'm just going to refer to her as the chick that's running Twitter now. <laughs> One of her big things, like she's uh, she's real big in advertising, right? So that's, I guess, her claim to fame. And that's what she's, maybe that's what he's bringing her in to sort of turn around is get, get some advertising back. But it doesn't seem like you'll be able to get the kind of advertising you're looking for unless you're going to compromise on your principles and um, take away the community notes that are <laughs> that <laughs> that are just so delicious. Community notes is like the best addition that Twitter has made of of anything that they've done. Well, and then also Elon was talking about like kind of the reasoning for putting somebody new in charge and and naming a new CEO is he wants to be more focused on the like the technical side of stuff, like the things that Twitter does. And I'm sure there's an extent to which that includes making it a more serviceable video platform, especially if he's if they're going to be having Tucker Carlson, like if Tucker Carlson is going to become a big deal on Twitter, then that opens up the door for a lot of others to do like big time video stuff on Twitter. Like Twitter spaces is already kind of a, kind of a big thing uh, depending on the audience and and what you're doing with it. But if the Tucker thing becomes a legitimately big thing on Twitter, then that opens it up as, Hey, like Twitter's a platform for a lot of you others that, can't you know can't use youtube and uh looking for a major platform so so i think the working on the technical side of stuff and and making making the functionality of the platform better is more what elon wants to be focused on so 
it doesn't seem like it would make sense to bring somebody on who's going to be like super rah-rah pro-censorship if you're trying to create a platform for Tucker Carlson and, you know. Uh, yeah, all the other white supremacists. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Where, Twitter spaces, you can't watch video on that, right? It's just audio. Yeah, it's audio only. Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to a few of those and I'm just like, I really wish this had video. Because a lot of times it's like uh, trading, like guys are talking about trading thing, you know, like uh, market stuff and like they're looking at charts and then I have to pull up the chart separately and look at it. It's like, it'd be nice if this was just a video. So yeah, yeah. And that would be if Twitter becomes sort of like a one-stop shop for everything, news and other content that people can put out, that would be be pretty cool as long as they allow you to say what's on your mind. Right. Like it would, it could be a legitimate free speech YouTube replacement with also like, you know, the news feed and the, it would be almost like Facebook done right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as, yeah. And the thing that drives me crazy about YouTube is you can't play it in the background. You have to have it fucking open on your phone. I hate that, dude. It's unbelievable that we have to live like this. <laughs> you can you can pop the little the like the mini screen up. So yeah, yeah, for sometimes you can't, but yeah, for most videos you can. But then like even you might just like open up some other app randomly because your phone's on, your screen's on like that. You should be able to lock your fucking screen and play YouTube. It's 2023. I, I don't understand what the fucking problem is. I think you can do that with Rumble, actually. I need to I need to test this theory. Yeah, I don't even know how to get onto Rumble. <laughs> One of these days, I'll uh, give you. I know, the I know, I logged in. I logged in when we first set it up to like approve shit, and then I think that was it. But uh, anyway, what Elon did a uh, an interview with David Faber, right? Yes. And this is where he called uh, George Soros Mag Magneto. Well, he he called George Soros Magneto in a in a tweet. He said uh, he said George Soros reminds me of magneto and then somebody tried to like justify how magneto that's that's because magneto was a holocaust survivor and hmm. doing all these good things and stuff and, and elon said no i think he hates the human species yeah yeah it's a great fucking it's a great call by elon <laughs> like as soon as i heard that i was just cracking up yeah soros is just such a creepy guy and he's behind a lot of shady stuff. He always has been. I saw a report. Somebody was reporting that he died like a few days ago. I'm guessing there was no truth to that. They've been they've been reporting for months that he's got cancer and that he's about to die and all this stuff. I'm, none of it seems to be true. At least there's no verification of it that I've been able to find anywhere. And even if he did have cancer and was about to die, they're not going to actually announce that. But he's like 90 something now, right? It's pretty old. I'm, He's up in his yeah. He's up in his late eighties anyway. Well, do we have uh, we have some fun clips from this uh, Elon interview? Yeah, pull some up here. Let's see what he has to say. And we, yeah, maybe we can. Uh, should we speed it up for the audience? Or to some who would call others conspiracy theories. Well, yes, but I mean, honestly, you know, so many conspiracy theories uh, have turned out to be true. You know, I'm reminded of. Uh, there's a scene in The Princess Bride, great movie. And it says, Offer me money, offer me power. I don't care. I'll say what I want to say. And if, if, if uh, the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. That was like a 
that was like the best line of the whole thing was I'll say what I want to say and if the consequence of that is losing money then so be it like I'm I'm gonna run this shit the way I want to run it let's see yeah. there was another it must be nice to have the that kind of fuck you money where you can uh where you can feel like that I mean that's that's the goal right there to just not like there's nothing people can do you got your set for life you can say anything that you want if it costs you extra money it's like yeah I'm okay with it. I think that's one of the things. Oh, fuck, it's raining. God damn it. I watered the plants for nothing this morning. <laughs> we get a lot of rain here. Anyway, uh, I think that's one of the things that makes uh, Joe Rogan so great is that he's just, you know, got a $100 million deal, whatever. He can say what he wants. And uh, there's no, you know, he doesn't care. Even if he lost that, he'd still have the UFC and like a bunch of other stand up comedy. Yeah, the the ability to just say what you want without having to worry about it is is pretty liberating, I would I would imagine. Yeah. Well, especially when you have that big of a platform. Like it's one thing for us to say it when you know when nobody's listening. But uh <laughs> when you're talking to millions of people and you can just be like, Yep, I'm I'm just gonna say say what I think and and mean what I say. And I'm not gonna uh you know, tiptoe around things. I'm not going to kowtow to these fucking whatever, all these critics and everything like that. Well, like, and he still is for, for as much as, as the left absolutely despises him. He's still very much like normie. He's, he's good on some things, but also there was a, a post today that some dude talking about um, common sense, gun control and, blah 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 and all of this bullshit and nobody needs an ar-15 and we should be able to have red flag laws and stuff and elon like replied to that like yes i agree it's like see this is like yeah for, for as good as you are sometimes you're also a like you miss the point and you're a dumbass at other times like, <laughs> yeah well it's it's so funny to watch the left turn on people so quickly over things that I mean, all he really did was advocate for people to have a, a platform where they can say what they want to say. I mean, that's basically all he did. But yeah, him just purchasing it was was all that they needed, all that they needed to fucking turn on him. You know, before that, they were like fighting over it, falling over themselves to overpay for his Teslas. Yeah. And now he's like, they probably consider him Magneto or something. Are you a are you a fan or a follower of Dennis? Uh, Dennis Dennis like parodies just, all the different accounts. I mean, I only see the I see, it pops up in my feed every once in a while. I think probably because you retweeted it. <laughs> so De Dennis did a uh, has a George Soros parody account, and whenever Elon tweeted that, the uh, the Dennis response was. Fine then. If I'm Magneto, you're Iceman, and then it posted like the panel of the of a few years ago, whenever Marvel made Iceman uh, come out of the closet as gay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh man, how many fucking parody accounts does that guy have? It's it's impossible to keep up with. Like at any given, t he has the one main account that he uses, and he changes the name of regularly and and keeps it rolling. But then there's at least half a dozen others that just get. Uh, that he also pops up with different stuff from time to time. It, it's I, at this point on Twitter, I just assume everything is a parody and, and that's, that's the, that seems to be the best, uh, 
the best way to approach it. It's, it's all a parody. N nothing's real. For those who are only audio on this, I've got the uh, I've got the tweet pulled up. The George Soros fake accounts. And if I'm Magneto, then you're Iceman. And it's the screenshot of Marvel's Iceman came out as gay. One of the most powerful comics. Yeah. I never watched. I saw a few of the, the movies, I guess. The Wolverine stuff. Never really big into comics, though. I just went and saw um, yesterday. I saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy. It was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that like a is that its own thing or is that just a group of superheroes? That they it's a together? group. Yeah, it's a group of superheroes in the in the Marvel universe. Ah, okay. Like Superman. That's DC. Ah, there you go. So is it like wrestling, like uh, NWA versus WWF or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. To an extent. Yes. I think you missed. I think you missed on that one too. The back, like back in the day when it was the WCW. WCW versus NWA. Yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's not really functioning today. It's functioning less than normal. Boy, we we're we we're finding out Johnny knows nothing about professional wrestling or comic <laughs> books. Or I definitely know more about wrestling than I do comic books. But yeah, it's been a while. Twitter parodies. What do you what do you even do? <laughs> what do you even do with your time? <laughs> Uh, these days, a lot of watering of plants. The uh, the and owners feeding, are... and feeding the cat too. Oh, fuck this cat, dude! All all it does is cry, eat, and then just cry some more. I I don't understand why people like cats. They're so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. So the owners come back in like a week next week. I want to make sure I don't kill all their plants right before they come back. Speaking and... of uh, speaking of crying all the time. Well, I don't know the our. Light beer fans have been doing a lot of crying lately. You had the Bud Light controversy, and now we've got the the Miller Light controversy. You want to watch this? Have you seen the commercial that was so offensive? For Miller I mean, Light? No. Yeah. I haven't. I mean, it's pretty fucking stupid. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was particularly woke so much as I just thought it was dumb, but we'll uh we'll let the audience be the judge of that. Oh hell, this is not the actual video. This is the Breakdown of the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why okay. do they always have to do this shit? Here, hang on. I got a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in the keys. Look at this. It's kind of beer made it out of women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, good shit. How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the batch into compost. Then we take the compost to wharf, push out beautiful fertilizer. That good shit helps farmers quality hops, which is then donated to women brewers to make their own really good shit. But there's definitely more shit out there. Your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any shit you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good shit too. Oh. So here's to women, because without us, there would be no beer. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that is just awful. On so many levels, uh, just um, 
maybe i don't know if there's the the first people to brew beer were women i guess sure that's certainly not the case anymore i i don't think there's any women that want to that like take up brewing their beer as a hobby that certainly not that i know of it's definitely like a man thing to do you uh, you know as like a hobby you start brewing your own beer in your fucking basement or something like that um the idea of taking women out of bikinis are you crazy Bud Light, Miller Light, and bikinis should go hand in hand. <laughs> and there should be women in those bikinis, not fucking dudes with dicks. Right. I mean, then you end up with a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition uh, situation where you've got a you've got your two different covers. You can get one or the other. You've got the one that has a trans woman on the cover, and then the other one is Martha Stewart. And honestly, Martha Stewart is looking fucking fine on this uh sports illustrated cover uh, there's just something so cringe about women just all of these like women first commercials and and things like that where they just pat themselves on the back for doing things that everybody else does without like you know constantly uh complimenting themselves I don't know. It's just like, congratulations. Like you're a human being and you did something that a bunch of human beings do. Let's not blow right. this out of proportion. I think, I think I have a meme somewhere about it's like, uh, it's like an award for a, a woman. It's like you did the same thing that other people do, but you did it as a woman. So here's your award or something like that. I'll try to put it in the Facebook meme stream. Probably get, I'll get a violation for it, but. Yeah, that's certainly, I don't think that should cause as much controversy as the the Bud Light trans thing, but yeah, just not a good commercial, not funny. I don't know, the, the whole, this is the good shit stuff, like the good fertilizer, what? They're trying to make it edgy and, you know, because using profanity is, is really edgy. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, just really unfunny people trying to be funny and missing the mark, but yeah, it's just, the whole like woman thing is is getting old. Yeah. How old's Martha Stewart now? Pushing 80, if not in her 80s. She's probably heavily airbrushed there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there's one thing you can't airbrush out, and that's a dick. So at least she doesn't have that. Yeah. At least it's a woman. <laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't imagine again this this idea that you're gonna take women in bikinis away from Miller Light. Why? It's a party beer. It's a beer that you bring on the fucking boat when you have a bunch of women in bikinis. Women like being in bikinis. Men like being with women in bikinis. It's a good time. Johnny, it's because beer is emasculating. You've got Bud Light had a had a real fratty uh, culture to it. You know, they got to get rid of that fratty culture. Don't want to have women in bikinis for Miller Light. Got to got to because now they're they're replacing everything that's attractive especially where females are concerned with ugly shit specifically overweight ugly women or also overweight ugly dudes who are pretending to be women so uh, you've got you can't have hot chicks anymore and you definitely can't have like slim good-looking bodies it all has to be this amorphous blob yes human we being have to pretend that, yeah we have to pretend that these big fat ugly lesbians are attractive and should be lingerie right. models are they boobs are they moobs who really knows <laughs> yeah it is uh like you said it seems like everything is a fucking parody now 
not just on Twitter, just every fucking aspect of life is one giant parody. Um, that commercial, I can't believe, like, again, that has to cross somebody's desk. And they're like, yeah, this sounds like a good, this is a good commercial. Right. It's like, who's, who's green lighting this shit? Well, and like the, the thing that really makes it come across as parody, like, is you've got all of the, like the woke mob that had Uncle Ben and Jemima and the Land of Lakes Butter Indian removed from the packaging so that they can then put Dylan Mulvaney's face on a beer can and remove uh, women in bikinis from from beer advertising. Like, it, does it make where does it make sense? Yeah, and it just I don't know. I mean, I know Bud Light is still fucking feeling feeling the squeeze from their big mistake to come out and do this. Granted, it's like a completely different sort of uh outrage i don't think it's woke it's just i don't know i don't know how i would describe it other than just bad it 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 doesn't strike me as like the woke thing it's just like the woman empowerment thing that's just kind of played out and it it's like a weird way like women brewers <laughs> right it didn't strike me as woke it struck me as tone deaf to your to your target audience like this yeah. like you have a you have a demographic that you're trying to sell this stuff it was the same with the bud light thing like you have a demographic that you're trying to sell your beer to, and this goes completely counter to who that demographic is and the things that they believe and that they want from specifically from just, you know, their light beer that they're drinking on the weekends while they're hanging out and, you know, playing whatever. Yeah, it's like, don't try to change the demographic. Just come up with a different product for another demographic if that's what you want to do. But stop trying to like force these round things through a square hole. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't think it was particularly woke, just so much it was completely tone deaf, and yeah. it's and so these when, ad campaigns just seem to be a complete waste of money. And like Bud Light, I don't know if you saw, Bud Light is now reeling on the other side of it because they tried to like do an about face and they put the chick who was who made the you know the Friday call the comments and everything. Uh, she's on leave of absence with yeah. no return with no return in the foreseeable future and uh and they've like really tried to do an about face on the whole thing well now that they've started doing that there are a lot of like gay bars and nightclubs and and stuff like that the like especially on the more uh btq side of the uh of the alphabet soup uh <laughs> identity people the yeah. that are um now turning on bud light like they were like oh yeah you're you're on our side well they did the about face and so now they're pissed off at them but like the typical bud light demographic is also still pissed at bud light so so like now they're now they're losing on both sides of it it's like they they can't win this yeah i i heard there was a bunch of uh a couple of big gay bars in chicago that were really boycotting the bud light <laughs> Chicago is just one giant gay bar these days, but Wrigleyville in particular has a lot of uh, a lot of gay bars, and I guess they were boycotting boycotting the Bud Light sales. So yeah, it, they're getting it from both sides. Yeah, I don't know. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I wonder what that chick's uh, <laughs> what's that chick gonna do now? Like you can't put uh, Bud Light fucking commercial <laughs> executive in your your resume. <laughs> and she's looking. Yeah, for I was job. over. I oversaw the ad campaign that resulted in a 20% uh, sales loss over yeah, I, the course of a month. 
I destroyed like the most quintessential American company that there is with one commercial (laughs) or one ad campaign. You should hire me. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Has there been a lot of fallout from for Miller Lite now? Are they feeling a squeeze too? Are people that upset about this? Not yet. This this ad campaign came out at the beginning of March and I seriously never saw it. Uh, Like I watched I watched March Madness nonstop and there were a lot of beer commercials and everything else on throughout all of March. And I never saw this ad once, but apparently it's been out there. So so they kept it under the radar for the most part. But somebody somebody got hold of it here over the last week or so. And and it's probably somebody at Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Oh, that's that's probably what their new uh, VP of marketing was like. Well. We're not going to recover from this, so let's throw somebody else under the bus too. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Maybe we if can make gonna, ourselves look a little down, better. Take everybody else with us. <laughs> Some corporate espionage. Uh, maybe we can make ourselves look a little better by making everybody else look worse. <laughs> it, it, it should so, be so easy to sell beer, man. I mean, it, it should be the easiest fucking job. Just don't overthink it. Don't get too cute with it. It's fucking beer, especially for like a Miller Lite or a Bud Light. The entire mission statement of your marketing department should be just don't fuck this up because the shit sells itself. Like the, nobody, nobody needs yeah. an advertisement for Bud Light or Miller Light. Like they're gonna go and buy the shit. So because it's fucking cheap ass beer, you, you don't have to, you don't have to do a whole lot of advertising. Like that. they, yeah, they no, should hire just... me as the next VP of of marketing, and I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna hang a giant sign. On the wall that says, "Don't fuck this up." You keep the price. Run everything down. through that filter, and you're good. I mean, it's literally just the beer that you buy for fucking parties when you're young. It's the only reason people buy it. <laughs> if I go out on the boat, I bring a fucking you know a case of that beer for other people, and then I bring something for myself. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. See if their if their sales take a hit. It doesn't seem like it's going to though. I, that. I don't see that generating the same sort of outrage. It's just sort of just kind of like an eye roll where it's just like, oh, God, here we go again. Yes. Uh, it's uh, yeah. salute to all the women, em- empowered women brewers out there that like to drink Miller Lite and brew it. OK. Well, and it also- makes sense that women would be some of the early brewers because obviously they were in the kitchen. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, put up with yeah, the kids yeah, all day. So either... I was just about to say, yeah, it reduces them down to just a bunch of uh, women, like farmers. They're out there uh, harvesting the hops <laughs> in the garden and then into the kitchen. Got their own, got their own little home stills and just making their own, making their own beers and and wines. That way they can get drunk and tolerate the children all day. Yeah, that's a good woman there. That's a keeper. All right. We um, speaking of really uh, retarded business practices, <laughs> oh, I came across an article from a Toronto-based company. You go ahead and pull that up for us. So this is Toronto anti-capitalist pay when you can cafe shuts down after just one year. Never would have seen that coming. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised they lasted a year, <laughs> but they probably had just enough cash to get through one year. Uh, a Toronto cafe for anti-capitalists called The Anarchist, again, they're giving anarchists a really bad name here, is permanently shuttering its doors after just 12 months in business after following a pay-when-you-can business model. 
The Anarchist describes itself as anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop, and radical community space on stolen land. <laughs> You're going, this is so fucking classic. Unfortunately, the la- this is a quote from the owner, so the, the, the brains behind this operation. Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth and seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable longer term. The Anarchist, which opened for business in March of 2022, went viral last year with internet users mocking the leftist cafe for charging high prices for its specialty coffee, as well as selling radical art books, clothing, jewelry, tote bags, and stickers. Fuck the rich, fuck the police, fuck the state. Got got you there. I agree with I agree with the third one. <laughs> fuck the colonial death camp we call Canada. Eh, yeah, that's all quotes from the uh, from the owner. Anarchism is founded on the observation that since few men are wise enough to rule themselves, even fewer are wise enough to rule others. Okay, that's a sign in the cafe, apparently. It's been an amazing experience connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of conservatives. That includes you, anarcho-capitalists and libertarians. Fulfilling the dream of most service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class traders, pigs and military, and experimenting with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy. 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 Thank you. Jesus Christ, my misanthropy. That was the the hillbilly, the one that knows how to pronounce that (laughs) I can barely see the words. It's amazing that I'm actually reading right now. Uh, how could this have possibly happened? Uh, this dude gives anarchism a bad name. Like there, I don't know of a single anarchist that's anti-capitalist. Like that's those seem to be kind of at odds with each other. Yeah, like, this this, it, it's this is so almost anarcho-communist. Right. Yeah, because like capitalism is not like this the system that's forced on people it's almost just the absence of a system it's just people coming together and agreeing on a, on a price for things or exchanging goods and services yes there's a rule of law that keeps things in order but it's just all of the the word salad that these idiots throw out there was like the basis for this cafe and it just collapsed under its own weight in a year and this was like yeah a worker owned thing you know like he's the owner but the workers all own it too Again, like capitalism, that's fine with us. Like you you can have your business, organize it the way you want and see how that goes for you. Ask your customers to pay when they feel like it. And uh, basically what you get is a bunch of fucking freeloading, broke ass anarcho-communists coming in there. And I think, is there more? Uh, can we play that video? They'll the anarchist is a worker-owned, anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop, and community space. Gabriel opened the space after leaving Vancouver due to its unwelcoming sense of classism. Though he never felt comfortable working in a coffee shop in BC, he knew if he were to have one of his own, he would have to adopt the values that occupy such a huge part of his life. A place devoted to radical leftist politics, revolution, ending capitalism, improving the world's economic system that benefits everyone and not just elites, and most importantly, sparking conversations that will help implement these ideas. Other than delicious coffee, which Gabriel is most definitely an expert in, the shop has a rich selection of progressive political books that he's selling at wholesale prices. I was happy to try some great light roast espresso here. I even tried my first espresso tonic, which is something of a micro-revolution in itself. I highly recommend paying a visit to Gabriel at 190 Jarvis Street, if not for great coffee, for even greater conversation. Yeah. 
At least they openly admit that it's all liberal progressive bullshit, not anarchism. Yeah, and it's just such a like, it, it's just so weird to me that like this guy. So he opens up a shop. He's charging prices. I guess he doesn't force people to pay, but you know he's buying coffee from a supplier who's a capitalist. I would imagine. Uh, he's renting the space from somebody who's a capitalist. Um, cap like the the whole thing wouldn't exist if not for capitalism. And then he's like, "We're anti-capitalist." It, it really is just amazing to watch these people do a bunch of mental gymnastics and come up with these crazy ideas. And how many times, you know, the the problem was it wasn't that you know his business model was flawed or that you know capitalism is superior to whatever the fuck you're gonna call that. It was just that he ran out of um, ethically bankrupt people's money. <laughs> he ran out of other people's money. I forget what what was the what's the famous quote about uh, the problem with socialism. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, you run out of other people's money. The lack of generational wealth and seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season. Where are the Where are the ethically, um, you know, marvelous sources? <laughs> Where are those? Where, where where's that money? Why didn't all these people uh, that that liked what you were doing, that support uh, all of your ideas and everything, why didn't they give you any money? Everybody who's anti-capitalist have- is just really bad at fucking making money. They're just broke, and so they blame the system. It's, it's the system's fault that we can't figure out how to be successful. Like, and that's even like I know plenty of people who are very strong into like agorism and stuff like that, and and growing your own stuff and doing like barter systems and everything else. And like really um, being detached from all of like the societal norms and stuff like that. It all operates on some sort of a capitalistic type of a system. Like it's, I have a thing, you need the thing, you have a thing that I also need. So like whether it's a barter or sale or trade or whatever, like it's all very capitalistically based when you start doing some you know nonsense that i mean that's just socialism with extra steps is that like that guy actually puts a price tag on it but there's no there's no real enforcement of it like that's it's just dumb it it always amazes me that people are so anti-capitalist what what system would you prefer that thing i mean that system clearly can't exist on its own Every time they try something like this, it fails. They did this in Chicago with uh, Panera Bread. This is a year, it was like 10, maybe 12 years ago now. And now it's more like 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, Panera Bread opened up this location where it's like pay what you can or something. And so they would give you like the suggested price, but you didn't have to pay that. If it was like $6 or something, you'd give them $2. And yeah, they closed down that location. It lasted longer than I thought it would. Um, but yeah, it closed down after like a couple of years. And if it didn't have the infrastructure of like a Panera in place, it probably would have shuttered its doors a lot faster than that. But I, I went in there a few times. I just felt like guilty, not paying full price. Like I could afford a fucking, you know, $8 cup of soup or whatever it was. But yeah, saying that I was only going to pay like five, five of the $8 or something. It just didn't feel right. So I, I went in there once and I paid the whole thing. I just wanted to see what it was like. But yeah, they, you can keep trying it. You can keep dusting off uh, socialism, rebranding it. You're going to get the same failed results. I don't understand the animosity toward 
capitalism. I, I understand the animosity toward the system that we have now. To an extent, I'm sympathetic to the the argument, but like, you know, oh, that wasn't real socialism. And we're kind of saying, oh, well, that's not real capitalism. But at least when we had real capitalism in this country, maybe a hundred years ago, maybe actually longer than that, we had we we did see just unfettered growth and uh, increases in people's well-being and status and health and age and every like, everything was better uh, when you had unfettered quote unquote unfettered capitalism. And the more we drift away from that, the worse the outcome seemed to get. So like I was I was trying to find something that would be like a potential example of, of like these business models using some sort of a socialist structure as as having like some level of success. And the only thing I could really think of was uh remember that guy Dan Price that uh like changed the salary structure for his company where everybody made seventy thousand dollars. And yeah. that is actually that's actually held up. Like they still to do that that was like abusive and possibly even sexually assaulted some some women and some other stuff so like he turned out to not be a a great dude but they've still been managed to make it work but the the thing that 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 company does is like credit card payment stuff so like the entire reason that that business model is able to be successful is because they make so much money from the business that they do which is completely reliant on a very capitalistic system so like yeah. it only the time the only time that any of these like types of things work is when they're in very close relation to or connection to uh, something a very strong capitalist system that runs parallel to it it's like sweden and like the nordic countries that have uh that are always like the the examples of you know successful socialism uh, it's a incredibly capitalistic society with huge social uh, with huge social programs and a really high tax rate like that's that's what they are they're not real socialism and that's kind of what the well and before like everything else before you have socialism you have to have capitalism to produce everything for socialism to squander (laughs) it's like it just it's just taking them a long time to do it because they've kept in place a lot of the capitalistic features that produce things and so they're they're dying a slow death. Uh, and if I remember correctly, that guy's company, he was like paying, he would pay everybody at least $70,000 a year. I think that was the number, right? It's like, all right, but what were they making before that? First of all, was it that big of a bump? And how many people have you hired since you started that thing? You know, you're not going to bring in like a, just like a secretary or something that you don't need if you have to pay them 70 grand a year just to push a couple papers and answer the phone. Yeah. And I don't think it's a, like, it's not a huge company. They don't employ like thousands of people or anything like that. Like it might be a couple hundred at most. And, and yeah, I I think they had, um, I think a lot of people who had been making more than that before that, and were seeing, or were like really close to that and had been there for several years and then see like, brand new people who had just got there get bumped up to their level with after having done nothing to earn that there were a lot um in the onset that that left and then obviously it made new new employees happy uh so like they were able to weather that but uh and right and make- that, yeah and that's a good point like if you're on the cusp you're like right at seventy thousand or you're seventy five thousand or something like don't expect to go much higher than that anytime soon because all of that capital is being tied up in overpaying the rest of the the rest of the staff. <sighs> all right. Well, I don't know. Is that 
that about it for today? Should we wrap on that? Yeah, I don't think we had a whole lot else. There was uh, there was uh, Joe Biden saying that white supremacy is the most dangerous. Oh thing. yeah, let's watch that clip. <laughs> wrap wrap never on. Wanna, yeah, never want to miss a Joe Biden speech. You know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. From the start, it's been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years between the best of us, the American ideal that we're all created equal, and the worst of us, harsh reality, racism, long towards the part. It's a battle. It's never really over. But on the best days, some of us have the guts and the heart stand up for the best enemy. Choose love over hate, unity over disunity, progress over retreat. Stand up against the poison. White supremacy, as I did my normal address, to single out the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. I'm not saying this because I'm of a black HBCU. Today, wherever I go. Stand up for truth over lies, lies, all for power and profit. If you're not the ongoing assault to subvert our election, that's our right to vote. What? Lies for power and profit. He would know a thing or two about that. Yeah. Yeah. He is the poster boy for lies for power and profit. What was he speaking at? What? Why was he wearing that outfit? He's at Howard University. That's their. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. The, the historic black uh, college, whatever. All right. So this, I'm, I'm going to show my, uh, my own racist side a little bit. Have you ever seen like the, the grand dragons and like the high wizards and stuff, like the, the, the highest of the pecking order within the KKK and like the garb that they wear and stuff. This outfit looks. A lot like that, like with the purples and the white and the seal. Like this is for a for a historically black college. Is this the a dog whistle? Is he dog whistling white supremacists? Like the people who like all of the faculty wear these things when they're at these graduation ceremonies. It's like this looks like it was pulled straight out of a like high order clan meeting. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but. Everything but um, the hood, huh? Yeah, I, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about, but I'll take you at your word. <laughs> but yes, obviously, the biggest threat to our country is white supremacy. It's not the $33 trillion in debt. It's not the inflation at 40-year highs. Um, no, none of that stuff. Patriot Front, man, founded no. by a 19-year-old. And within three months, it was the largest white supremacist organization in the country. And every time you see them in a video they march with a mask on they're wearing matching khakis and blue shirts that look exactly like the same fucking get up that the fbi agents who are coming to arrest them are wearing they never do anything but march around and then they all get arrested there's even one video of these guys like marching down the street and this black dude comes walking by them like yelling at them and they just keep walking they don't do anything I'm like if this was a real white supremacist group that dude would have got would have gotten curb stomped like you're not you're not selling this to anybody that these that these guys are serious yeah i did see i saw some i guess something happened was that over the weekend too there's a bunch there's a, a rally or something because there was a bunch of pictures of them being arrested but they kept their masks on and they all do just look like feds all of them they're like cookie cutter feds there was one that was like a it was like a hot mic 
moment where like the video they were recording some sort of a video and the video ended and one of them goes like throws his arm up and goes sig heil and and they all act like they're about to take their masks off because the video ended but none of them actually take their mask off like they reach up to their face like they're about to but then they never but then they never do like come on we're smarter than this like i know there's a writer's strike on and y'all are having trouble coming up with content for how to like pitch this stuff but holy shit like somebody's got to be in the FBI's got to be smart enough to to craft a narrative that's not this obvious. Well, and especially like if you're if you're being arrested, I don't think the cops usually let you keep your mask on. I'm pretty sure that the mask, first thing they do after they get you in cuffs is remove the mask. You know, it's like even just like the the Scooby Doo meme. Let's see <laughs> see who this really is. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Well, watch out for all that white supremacy. Man, it's coming to get you any day now. <laughs> it really is just the the amount of propaganda around that is is just so unbelievable that that people still buy into it too. Is after every time one of these things, it's either just clearly some fucking FBI operation or um, you know, like a Jesse Smollett. White supremacists recruit teens by making them feel someone cares. Ah, <sighs> yeah, okay. Come to the supremacist side. We have cookies and we'll give you hugs. Yeah, that's what they want. Oh my god. That that um, everything's a parody. Everything about this. Yeah, this this timeline we're on is is it's a weird one. What (laughs) that Tom Elliott thing reminded me of. Did you see that? I think I retweeted it. That compilation that he did, or uh, he did it, or somebody else did it of all the COVID vaccine propagandas i've seen a couple different ones over over the last couple years yeah no well this one just came out like the other day and it was just like never forget the way they treated the unvaccinated and it was just like three minutes of them fucking hammering anybody that was unvaccinated blaming them for everything yeah it's weird to listen to it now it almost feels like it so long ago when we were treated so poorly by these people anyway i think we should uh we should wrap it's been about an hour We'll pick up with a live stream on Friday and do some fun shit. Yes. Yes. We always bring the noise on Friday. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. You got anything to plug? Uh, actually, I think on Sunday. So it was past Sunday. I did the first episode of the uh, bringing masculinity back to the world. We did the workplace this upcoming Sunday. We'll be doing I'll be joined by Tommy Sammons and a um, handful of other guys. We're going to do masculinity and fatherhood. So oh. we're talking about being being dads nice i didn't realize that was going to be a whole series i guess i misunderstood when you were explaining it that's cool yeah, we're should... doing it's a it's a three-parter so oh make it a four-part you could bring masculinity back to beer <laughs> I, you know i bet i've got plenty of beer drinking buddies that will be willing to jump in on a an episode on that that fourth episode absolutely all right well go check that out um you can become a supporting listener to this show get you into the new thursday night happy hours don't forget to check out our Substack. There'll be some stuff coming out for that this week. And do all that for us. And we'll be back on Friday live, bringing the noise for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. <laughs>